The following podcast is brought to you by Pathways Church. Thanks for joining us for this message from our weekend service. We exist to lead people into a growing relationship with Christ. If you have any questions or even a story to share about how God is moving in your life, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at info at pathwayschurch.us. Thanks for listening, and we pray that God's Word will enrich your journey today. Well, good morning, Pathways. It is great to be back with you today. Yeah, woo! It is great to be here with you today, and uh, I'm so glad that you're with us, and I love you, church. It is a blessing to be able to uh, open God's Word with you this weekend. But this week, I was not the best parent. Wednesday, uh, Ella was downstairs, and I started in on her. I said, Ella, do you have all your homework done? Ella! You have everything prepped for this weekend before you have to go to volleyball. Are you like all set? No response. Parents, you've ever been there before? And then I said, Ella, why do I have to remind you of every single detail? And then I heard her say, Dad, my homework is done and I'm almost finished with all my laundry as the washer turned on in the background. Now, how did you think I felt in that moment? Parents, you've ever been there? I was like, oh, I felt guilty. So I stopped, and I walked directly over to the laundry room. I put my hands on her shoulders. I looked her right in the eyes, and I said, Ella, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I I am so sorry for the way that I acted. And you know what happened? The tension between us melted. That guilt was gone inside of me, and her heart softened. She gave me a hug, and she said, it's okay, Dad. I love you. And we were good. It was all good. It was over, except for the fact that she forgot to put her laundry from the washer into the dryer. No, I'm joking. No, she, she, she's really good at that. She did all of her laundry by herself. Well, this weekend, we are uh, kind of marks the end of our journey through the Lord's Prayer. And I'm really excited that you're with us today because we're in Matthew chapter 6. And so here's what we're going to discover. We're going to discover that forgiveness, forgiveness produces freedom. Forgiveness produces freedom, freedom between you and God and freedom as you're relating to other people that you know and that you love. Just like freedom came between Ella and I in that story this week. Forgiveness produces freedom. So, uh, and isn't that what we want in our relationships anyways? We want all of our relationships to have this sense of freedom and trust and connection and growth, which by the way, if you don't have a circle of Christian friends where there is this connection and trust and growth, then I would encourage you to stop by in the, in the lobby and learn about our small groups. We have some upcoming connecting events. And guys, this Friday, this Friday night, Better Man event, I would love for you to be here with us. So if you have a Bible, take those and turn with me to Matthew chapter 6, where we see Jesus's model of prayer for us. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 9. Here's what God's word says. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. We talked about that last weekend. And here's our key verse for today. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. 
For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So if forgiveness produces freedom, then the very first thing that you need to understand is that we have a Father who loves to forgive. We have a God who loves to forgive. Now, this is a profound truth, friends. So think about it for a moment. The Father is so committed to you that he gave his most costly gift so that you could be in relationship with him. Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of all your sins, past, present, and future, so that you could be in relationship with him. Now, now let's just pause and stop for a moment. Let's take a step back. Because I think we can grow so accustomed to hearing that message that God gave his son for you and me that we kind of grow weary with that word. But I want you to listen to what I'm going to say next. I want this word to sink into you. How, I mean, how many of you, would you dare give one of your children, especially if you only had one child, would you give that one child to someone who constantly offended you and consistently walked away from a relationship with you? Probably not. And yet that's what God did for us in Jesus Christ. He was so committed to relationship that he gave Jesus to die on a cross so that we could be in relationship with him. And when we receive that kind of forgiveness, when we experience that, do you know what happens? Our arms are open to receive what God has for our lives in the next, in the next phase. There is freedom and permission to walk in the fullness of God, not being encumbered by our sin and by our shame. That's why it's no accident that Jesus said, right before he said, forgive us of our debts, Jesus said this, give us today our debts daily bread. How many of you know it's hard to receive bread when your fists are clenched in anger over your sin and your shame? What I'm talking about today is that God wants to free your heart, that God wants to free your hands, that God wants to free your spirit so that you can receive the bread that he has for you. And when your sin blocks that blessing, what ends up happening is that you get bitter and resentful and angry at God. And there's a lot of people who can come to church, you can raise your hands, but you're bound up inside. It hasn't been released inside of you. You haven't experienced that freedom and the forgiveness that Jesus has for you, not at a point of decision, but ongoing in terms of a life of confession and ongoing forgiveness. And God wants to do that for you. God wants you to receive that bread because come on, how many of you know, if you're like me, you got a whole long list of problems. Anybody got problems? Yeah, come on, seriously. It's okay. You can raise your hand. You're not at a Lutheran church. You can raise your hand. Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. That wasn't very Christian. I apologize. Right? You got a whole long list of problems. You, 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 got, you, got, you got money problems, and you got family problems, and you got school problems, and you got friend problems. Listen, 
You, you need to be devoting all your energy toward God's provision for those problems, for your daily bread. How many of you know you need your daily bread? You need today's provision for today's problems. That's why you can't have that unforgiveness that God hasn't restored relationship with you in a way that you are clean and free so that you can fully receive. Amen? All right, so let me uh, give something else. Let me say something else to you. Here's something else. Jesus taught his disciples to pray this prayer. Forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. In other words, you are asking God to treat you like you treat those who have offended you. This is why, at the risk of being criticized, this is why, at people saying that our church doesn't take a stand, that I have always been merciful to everybody. I don't care what you did, I don't care who you did it with, I will not be carrying the rope to hang you because the rope that I brought to hang you is going to be the rope around my neck. I'm not doing that. That's why we're called to be merciful to people. As we forgive those who have sinned, our debtors. There's something powerful about that. I ain't saying nothing about nobody. I'm going to be merciful to everybody. I'm not going to judge anybody. Listen, when you have friends and one of your friends falls and there's a big error, you know the first thing you need to say? That's why Christ died for that sin right there. Because the moment that you get on your high horse and you begin to condemn people is the moment that you're going to slip and fall and you're going to look up. And when you look up, you want to see a hand lifting you up and not a finger judging you. And don't you think that it's a lot easier to ask for forgiveness when you know that you have forgiven people around you? I mean, it's easy to call on the Lord and say to him, well, Lord, you know I forgave Joe and Sally and Sue and I helped Mike out. And you know, when, when Willie needed a second chance, I gave Willie a second chance. So it's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord. I need forgiveness. It's easy to come to him and ask for forgiveness because you know that you've already extended that forgiveness. And you know what? That's powerful because what you're doing is you're releasing people. God wants you to release people so that you can continue to experience his freedom found in forgiveness. God brought you here today. Some of you are watching online today so that you can release somebody who has gotten deep inside of you and wounded you. And as you do that, there is a deeper level of freedom that you're going to experience in God. Because here's the thing. Forgiveness is a gift that you give yourself. See, forgiveness is something that you give yourself. That's why when you forgive somebody, it's not that you're exonerating the perpetrator. It's not that you're saying it was okay what you did to me. Forgiveness is not saying, you know what, it's okay that you hit me. Forgiveness is not saying, you know what, it's okay that, that, that you discriminated against me. 
It's not saying it's okay that, that I was weak and you are strong and therefore I'm just gonna continue to be weak and you can walk all over me. It's not, forgiveness is not saying, you know what? You broke that contract, you busted up that, that relationship, you stole money from me, you broke my trust and you know what? I'm gonna let you back in and, and there's no rebuilding of trust, you know what? Hey, no, that's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is about you getting control back in your life. Forgiveness is saying, you know what? I cannot afford to put all that energy in being angry at you. Forgiveness is saying, you know what? Every time that you walk into the room or you text me, I can't let you control my mood and for me to get all messed up. Forgiveness is creating space. Is this helping anybody? Forgiveness is creating space so that you can get control back into your life so that when you see that person, that person doesn't have control over your life. When there is unforgiveness, it's like you're taking the thermostat and you're putting it in their room. So they dictate your mood and your emotion. But when you offer and release people forgiveness, now you got the thermostat and you set your own temperature under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So that you can say to people, listen, I don't care who you are and how you feel toward me. I got to be free. I got to give the gift of forgiveness to me. So I release you to be whatever you want to be, angry, bitter, resentful. You do you. I got to be free. I'm going to be free in Jesus' name. Now. I think uh, all of you would agree with me that Jesus is our perfect and ex example of forgiveness. I think you would all agree with me. The Gospel of John says it this way. In the last chapters of, of uh, John, uh, uh, he says that if everything that Jesus did was recorded in all, all the books in the world cannot contain, there's no library that could contain all the works that you, he would blow up Google with all the good things he did. It would just, it would, it would, Jesus did so, he, how many, he, Jesus between the ages of 30 and 33, he was a busy man. Somebody say busy man. Busy man. Jesus was a busy man. But I think some of the most important things that Jesus said was when he was on the cross. Because I think when somebody is on their final hours, when they're on their deathbed, that's why they call it a deathbed confession. People get real honest, don't they? They get real honest. And I think, obviously, everything that Jesus said was very important. But what he said on the cross were some of the most amazing statements to me personally. Because when they nailed him to the tree, and when he was so beaten and bruised and flesh, hot flesh laying all over his skin, and after they plucked out his beard, and they took that crown of thorns, and they pressed it down into his head, do you know what he said? He said, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. They didn't even ask for his forgiveness, and yet he forgave them. Why? Because I believe that Jesus had to release them. He had to get that weight off of him so that he was at his best when he went down into the tomb, and he was going to bust out on the third day to secure our victory and the freedom that we can have through the Father. Jesus wanted to release those people. Notice on the cross, he didn't say, Father, forgive him and him. But you know him right there. Mm, he kicked my mother. He kicked Mama Mary. 
So you know what? You could put, the, you could put a DDT on him, Father. That's not what he said. He said, forgive everybody. He said, take all the sins and put it on me. Pour out your wrath on me, Father. I'm ready. Forgive them for they know not what they do. Forgive them. See, this was very important because when Jesus died on the cross, his death was unique in the sense that dying process was the only dying process where there was an expectation of a resurrection. When Jesus died on the cross, he had to get resurrected again. He just didn't resurrect people in his earthly ministry. This was the big one. He had to be at his best for the big one. Don't you understand that? He had to be ready to receive what God was going to do in that tomb so that he could come out. Because listen, if he doesn't come out of the grave, friends, there is no power. There is no redemption. There is no New Testament. There is no future. There is no life. There is no Christianity. So he had to be at his best. He had to throw off. He had to release people. He had to say, I forgive you. Or you can say, hey, Jesus, Jesus, you know what? You, you, you could have messed up Lazarus's resurrection and we'd have still had the gospel. Jesus, you could have chosen not to heal the woman with the issue of blood and we'd have been all right. Blind Bartimaeus could have stayed blind and we would have never known his name. But Jesus, you got to get out of that too. We need you at your best right now. If you don't come up resurrection power, there is no forgiveness and there is no hope. But how many of you know that Jesus Christ conquered death, sin, and the grave on our behalf? How many of you know that he was full of glory and power and that resurrection power lives inside of us that we can lead a life that would forgive people and release people and take back control so that we can live for his glory and the beauty among his people. How many of you know that our God is worthy to be praised? How many of you know that Jesus Christ is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? How many of you know that Jesus Christ is the only way, the only truth, and the only life unto the Father. Come on, somebody praise him in this place. Somebody lift him up. Now, I can't be telling you to forgive people if I don't tell you how to forgive people, okay? So this is an application. Are you ready? Here's the application. The application revolves around our feelings. See, the biggest trip point in actually forgiving someone is our feelings. We're so driven and controlled by our feelings. And, and here's the thing. Forgiveness, no, do we have another slide? Forgiveness, we don't have that slide. We're missing the slide. Here, write this down. Get out your phone right here. Forgiveness Forgiveness is not a feeling. Write that down. Say it with me. Forgiveness is not a feeling. Say it again. Forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness is a decision. It's a decision. Here's the application. Stay with me, okay? 
Forgiveness is a decision. The reason that we struggle to forgive is because we are controlled by our emotions. In other words, your problem is that you have exalted your emotions above your decisions. When you make the decision to forgive, your, your feelings will eventually follow the decision that you've made. Now, what Jesus modeled on the cross, he was so in tune with the Father that when he said, Father, forgive them, it was done. That's why he said, it is finished. He didn't have to like think that over and, you know, yeah, well, I'm not sure. No, 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 no. He was so, he, his kingdom assignment was on that cross. He knew it. His mission was clear. Luke 19, 10, I have come that, that, that I might seek and to save that which was lost. I didn't come, Mark 10, 45, to serve, to, 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 to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. When he said, Father, forgive them, it was done. For you and me, it's different. So here's the key principle. Here's the key principle. The key principle is this. You have to forgive over and over until it's over. If if, if forgiveness is a decision, then you have to forgive over and over until it's over and over until it's What's happening in the over and over? It's the lag time where your feelings catch up to your decision. Over and over until it's over. Let let me give you another application. I'm just gonna, God just hit me with this application right now. I'm just gonna give it to you. For some of you, you struggle. I believe that God is speaking to someone right now and you're struggling with the fact to name the offense because you're trying to just, you're trying to offer forgiveness. You're, you're, you're waiting for somebody to come to you and ask for forgiveness before you offer for forgiveness. And what Jesus modeled to us on the cross is you don't have to wait for that somebody to come to you to ask for forgiveness you can offer forgiveness without them asking. In fact, that would heal your heart. In fact, that would release you from resentment. That would take some of the chains that you've been walking around with and you know who you are. And you've just been stewing. You've been sitting in it. Well, they haven't come and asked me for forgiveness, so I'm not gonna give it. We forgive not contingent upon somebody's request, although that's helpful, but we forgive, according to Colossians 3, as Christ has forgiven us. The moment that you struggle to forgive somebody is the moment that you start drifting away from how much God has forgiven you through Jesus. Forgive us of our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. So as we wrap up this weekend, I want you to know that Jesus Christ took all of your sins and he nailed them on the cross so that you could be forgiven fully, completely, and watch this, continually, continually. Have you ever wondered that perhaps the reason your inability to forgive somebody, your struggle to forgive somebody, is because you haven't received his forgiveness on a continual basis. Jesus gave us this prayer, not as a decision prayer, not as a prayer that we pray one time. This prayer in Jesus' mind, this should be on repeat. 
In other words, we should continually be saying, forgive us of our debts, forgive us of our sins, forgive us of our our trespasses. God, I wanna be clean, I wanna be pure, I wanna be undefiled. God, I wanna be set apart for your purposes. Do you get that? That's a life of confession. Sometimes the American church struggles with confession because we think it's a one-time thing. Listen, we sin all the time. We are constantly offending God in our hidden thoughts, in our judgmental attitudes, in our fleshly desires. And we have to continually come before a pure and holy and perfect God and say, oh, Father, only by the blood of Jesus Christ can I enter into your presence. But oh, thank you for that high priest. Thank you that he died on my behalf. Thank you that I can receive forgiveness continually. Because what you receive fully You can't fully, you can't freely give forgiveness unless you continually receive his forgiveness. So what do you do? You run to the Father. Friends, this is awesome privilege. I don't care who you are today. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how old you are. I don't care where you're watching from. I don't care what time it is. I don't care if it's Tuesday on your commute to work. I don't care if you're at the gym right now and you're trying to drop weight. I don't care if you're, I don't care what you're doing, where you are right now. You can run to the Father. You can find freedom and forgiveness, his mercy and grace is available to you. He's right here in this moment. All your filth and all your shame, you can lay at his feet. Right now, in this moment. Week one, I said that Jesus was such an amazing teacher, but he didn't say to us, that I'm gonna point the way to the Father. He said, I am the way. Jesus makes a way for you today to run in to the presence of God. And God is waiting for you.